it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It's week eight now. I know we probably touch on this just about every week, but it seems like every week it's like, wow, it's already this week. Oh, wow, wow, it's already this week. And it just seems like the weeks keep on coming. But another fun week of college football again. Uh, you know, for me, I have a bye week, so I get to just sit back and watch everybody else's teams and just be able to be able to see what's going to go on around the nation. Uh, we've got Iowa going at Ohio State. Is Iowa's defense strong enough to stop the off the really the best offense in the nation? One of them. Uh, and which ACC team will leave week eight with one loss on the record? Is it going to be Syracuse or is it going to be Clemson? We'll talk about that. And an incredible undefeated season is on the line for UCLA as they go to Eugene to face the 10th-ranked Ducks. And can TCU stay undefeated against Kansas State? We'll find out all of this and much more today. Thanks for, for joining us. This is Rising in the Morning. This is Rising to the Occasion. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. I want to thank you so much for joining us again for another amazing game day, the best way to start your game day off. Uh, I want to start off, of course, as always, by letting everybody know that we are sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. Of course, Britton and I not only sponsor this podcast, but we also have our own golf business. And what better way to double dip uh, than to sponsor your own podcast? Uh, so go over and check us out, MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R Bros, B-R-O-S.com for really some of the best uh, golf polos, some of the best fabric that we could find and put it on the market. We also have some t-shirts, hats, mugs, so much more. Go check it out and use code RISING2. That's RISING, T-O, for 10% off your order. Uh, go over there and check out everything that we've got there. We've got uh, not only golf polos, but so much more. Go check it out. And of course, uh, joining me again today, uh, I can't even call you even just a guest anymore. We've officially kind of talked about it and uh, got got Blake kind of added onto the payroll over here with, with rising to the occasion. So, uh, Blake, how you doing, man? Man, I'm hanging in there. Uh, last night, went to a, a South Alabama Troy football game, and uh, it was a sellout crowd for South, the first one ever. And I uh, got to experience the new stadium right here in Mobile, Alabama. South come up short. Um, and they've uh, they've had trouble getting over the the Troy Hill, all right. And yeah. uh, last night it was a sloppy game. Neither offense could do a whole lot, and South come up short. That put them in a little bind for the rest of the year. But uh, you know that there's still a, there's still a, a lot of season left. And even though now that Troy holds the head to head, 
that there's still work to do, and and there's still a couple more games left on the schedule for South to get back in it. So uh, excited about that program, man, and and actually took the day off of work thinking that uh, we would actually be celebrating a win. So that kind of hurt. But other than that, man, I'm ready for this. Auburn on a bye week this week. I uh, like your Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. And just get back to, you know, get to sit back and, and watch everybody else's team play. And uh, it's a great week of college football, a lot of big-time matchups. And there's also some UFC fights going on uh, Saturday afternoon. So pumped about that. Uh, got the card ordered, ready to go, man. So we're excited over here. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And for those for those who are watching live, uh, just so you guys know, we're actually recording this the day before just because <laughs> I'll be out of town. I, I, I'm finally getting all of the, the big part of the move all finished up this weekend. So then I'll be able to kind of decorate the, the studio a little more and get everything actually finished up and, and wrapped up around here. So uh, but I mean, it's it's still we'll still treat this like game day. There's still some college football in tonight, too. So uh, we can we can watch a little bit of that, too. But uh, we'll start off, of course, as always, we like to talk about some honorable mentions, some games that we can't really get to just because when when I look at the at the matchups, you know, of course, there's there's a lot of good games just about every week. Mm-hmm. But really, we just like to touch on maybe four of them. You know, we're, we always try to keep it where we're not talking too much. But uh, first of all, uh, first honorable mention, really, I got two that I wanted to bring up was number seven at LSU, uh, number seven Ole Miss at LSU. Sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, with with Ole Miss going to LSU, yeah, LSU hasn't been the greatest this year, um, but we've seen them really put up a fight. Not only that, but it's also, uh, you know, it, it's it's at LSU. I mean, how can you go into Death Valley and say that that's just an, a, a gimme game? And I, I don't think LSU has been bad this season at all. Uh, and so I just look at that game and the fact that LSU is favored uh, right now, as I'm looking at it, LSU is favored by one and a half. Uh, so just looking at it. I, I, I see LSU and what, what they've been able to do really well is that they've been able to get Jaden Daniels to finally start airing the ball out. And this is something that he's been kind of criticized on throughout the year, but he's finally starting to do that. And you're starting to see LSU's offense roll because of that. Yeah, Josh, LSU, man, I think they've kind of figured it out. I think they're starting to click a little bit as the season goes on. There's still there's still a tough tough schedule ahead of them, Josh. Uh, it's 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 just a tough slate. And with Ole Miss coming in Saturday, I believe this game's at two thirty on CBS. Correct? Yeah, sure is. Yeah, so it's not going to be a night game in Baton Rouge, but still a tough environment for Ole Miss. And I know Ole Miss is undefeated, but. I think Auburn kind of laid out a blueprint and a recipe for other teams to follow. And I think that is to run the football right at the Ole Miss Rebels. You can run it right down their throat. Because if the Auburn Tigers can run it right down your throat, anybody can. And I like LSU. I like, like you said, Jaden Daniels, he started to to push the ball down the field. That was their big concern. They have playmakers everywhere. Every time we talk about LSU, Josh, I could go on and on about what they have at wide receiver. I could name 10 guys uh, deep, and they're loaded out there. Uh, not to mention it, running back is uh, – I think you got John Emery. I think he's, he's ready to go. 
Uh, Noah Kane, the transfer from Penn State, he's in there at LSU now. So they have weapons. They have serious yeah. weapons. And with this game at 2.30 on CBS, with LSU figuring it out, I like LSU here to upset Ole Miss. And I haven't even touched on LSU's defense, man. LSU, I know a lot of people look at that Tennessee game and they say, oh, well, Tennessee torched them. Uh, they could they could have hung up 60 on LSU that day. Well, LSU come out of the gate at that 11 a.m. kickoff and things didn't start so well against Tennessee. They shot themselves in the foot, got behind the eight ball, and it just it was a trickle-down effect. But this LSU pass rush could give Jackson Dart some problems. Jackson Dart likes to throw it to the other team a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And and I really like the play of LSU here. Brian Kelly is going to be a force in the Southeastern Conference. I truly believe that. Just give him some time, LSU fans. And on the road, man, in Death Valley, the real Death Valley, in Baton Rouge, man, I just love LSU with this play here. I think it's going to be, you know, we're so used to seeing Ole Miss just kind of, just kind of spread it around and 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 uh, throw it all over the yard. But last week against Auburn, they really ran it down our throat, and they had three guys run for a hundred yards. But I don't think they're going to have that same success against this LSU front. So Jackson Dart's going to have to spread the ball out a little bit. He's going to have to take some shots downfield. And I just really like LSU here. Once again, man, I think it's going to be kind of lower scoring than what, you know, Ole Miss and, and is kind of used to and Lane Kiffin's kind of used to. So I'm going to say let's go 27-23 LSU. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I mean, I I agree with you. And the, the thing is my heart wants to say root for Ole Miss, and I want to say that Ole Miss mm -hmm. is going to win just because I want them to win. Mm -hmm. Only because I want them to be the ones to go up and you know, they're able to, to kind of take out Alabama on that side. But but I just I look at this and you're right. LSU's defense is really what sticks out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, if they can get the run game working. And like I said, I think that's with uh, Jaden. I, I always want to call him Jalen Daniels because we got too many Daniels in college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we you, you look at, at Jaden Daniels and I think if he can air the ball out and, and make that a threat, you're going mm -hmm. to open up that Ole Miss defense a lot more. Mm -hmm. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot more coming out of that, and so I think uh, I, I like I like LSU to, to to win this one too. And I, I I like your I like your score pretty well. Maybe somewhere up there, in the, right around 23, 28, somewhere in that yeah uh, that, that range. Uh, I, I like Ole Miss to, or uh, sorry, I like LSU just because of them being at home. Mm -hmm. uh, the other Absolutely. the other the other uh, honorable mention I wanted to bring up one that we we'll probably won't talk a lot about, but I wanted to touch on it was Texas. At Oklahoma State, number twenty, Texas at number eleven, Oklahoma State. So I mean, this is this is really big for the Big Twelve uh, because this could decide between these two teams who's going to be able to make it to the Big Twelve championship, uh, mm -hmm. depending on how the rest of the season rolls out. Uh, with with these two teams, they're both in the running right now. Uh, so I, I think with Texas, the way that they've been rolling, really ever since that Oklahoma game, everyone was like, okay, maybe they're for real, uh, and and they showed it even last week that they they can still be tough and and grind it out and still get a win, like we mentioned uh, with that game. It's going to be a close one uh, playing Iowa State. You know, Iowa State's not going to give up, and and mm -hmm. Texas was able to squeeze out of there with a win. So with, with them, the way that they've been playing, I like them. Uh, I, I like their the way that their defense has been stepping up lately. Uh, they've been very, very tough, uh, and they've, they've been stiff up front, being able to put pressure in the backfield the way you want them to. 
uh, I, I like Texas in this game and, and just from Oklahoma state, I haven't seen enough on their defensive end to really go and say that, that the home field advantage is going to be enough for them. Uh, I like Oklahoma state's offense. I just think that Texas defense is going to be able to stand up, uh, with, with this one too. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't have it pulled up on mommy, but, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I look at it. I think with Texas, I think Texas can win this maybe by 10 points. Uh, I want to say kind of higher scoring game, maybe, maybe like a, a 38, 38, 28, somewhere in that, in that range for Texas. Yeah. I'm going to lean on the better defense here and I'm with you, Josh. I'm not sure if it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's going to be uh double digits or, you know, but I, I like Texas and I'm going to take the better defense. Oklahoma State showed what was it last week against TCU? Yep. You know, I mean, that's uncalled for, man. That's uncalled for. When you got a team down like that, you got to finish the job. And uh, there's just Derek Mason, man. Derek Mason is DC. I just can't trust him. And I, I like Texas here. And um, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is he's the real deal. He's the real deal. And I know a lot of people want to say about the Alabama game if he would have stayed in there and and you know how much more would they be rolling right now if he didn't have to miss those weeks so I just uh, I like Texas here to make enough plays on the road uh, I like their defense better so I'm gonna take ta- uh, Texas give me uh, give me 37 34 Texas. Okay, still keeping it close. Uh, yeah. the, the the spread right now is that Texas is a six point uh, favorite in that game. So, and, and I, I like that person. I like I like that they're they're favored because I think they should uh, they should be they should be favored. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just by the way that they've been playing, like what both, what both of us have said, just their defense has just been far more aggressive than I expected them to be this year. And you're mm-hmm. you're finally starting to see Texas show that they can, you know, they can come into the SEC to to start to grow. Uh, and there, rather than them just come in and be annihilated the way that we imagined the last few years that it could, it could look like uh, mm-hmm. for them, so I think they're starting to turn things around. But that was all my honorable honorable mentions for the for the uh, uh, week eight. Um, but just looking around, I think there's there's a few others. I think Alabama Mississippi State could be one to talk about. But I just think that that may be uh, overrated of a game. But uh, I don't know. I just don't think Mississippi State has too much of a of a fight in that in that game personally. Alabama off a loss, and yeah. if if you if you have any argument to say uh, Mississippi State's coming off a, a loss, also, well, I hate it for Mississippi State because they're about to be coming off of two losses, Josh. Yeah. So, you know, I look at this and I feel like Mississippi State they catch Alabama at the wrong time every single year, man. They catch Alabama. Right after they lose, man, just go look back in history. You know, you look at last year, Texas A&M beats Alabama. Who do they play the very next week? Mississippi State, and they beat them by 40. So it's it's uh, it's unfortunate for Mississippi State. They had a lackluster performance against Kentucky uh, last week. Just Will Rogers wasn't on his game. They couldn't run the football. It was just a tough showing and Will Levis was back for the Cats, and they put it on Mississippi State. So I'm going to take Alabama real quick here, and I like Alabama big to get back on track. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and and, and you're right, too. I mean, just just Alabama coming off of, off of a loss is not going to go over easy for any team after them. Uh, Absolutely. Especially against a team that doesn't have a defense strong enough to stop that offense. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama's offense has really been the the strong point for them. They're twenty one point over, uh, uh, you know, twenty one point favorites right now. Alabama is, uh, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I just I I definitely see that being a big time blowout. I just I, I don't see Alabama going down twice. No. I don't know if they'll, if they'll go down at all the rest of this year. Uh, as much as I can hope that that they that, that they would, uh, it's just you know looking at at the way that they're yeah. they're lined up right now. I don't see them losing to Mississippi State at all. No, uh, I'm not sure if they lose another regular season game. I know a lot of people yeah. talk about going to Ole Miss, but that's for another day. I just don't see Ole Miss beating them. So and then that's LSU just... is another one that I've heard brought up because it's supposed to be a night game, I think, and at yeah. LSU. Uh, yeah, they're so, gonna run it at night. I'm sure. Yeah, and so I mean, I just, I just look at it. I think the the SEC championship. We'll we'll talk about that one when we get there, just because I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how that's gonna look right now, mm-hmm. just just from the the landscape the way that it is right now, and we don't even know who's gonna be on the on the other side for sure yet. Uh, and so looking at that one, but we'll go ahead and, and jump into it uh, first. We got Iowa at Ohio State. Uh, the big reason why I wanted to talk about this one, I know Iowa's not ranked. I know that they're not really probably going to put up much of a fuss, but I want to talk about Ohio State because we really haven't gotten a whole lot of chances to talk about them. Uh, the only so the thing with Ohio State for me, and the reason why I don't know if I really like them being ranked as high anymore. So I I I started off I was very high on Ohio State. I had them ranked up at my number one for a while because you know they're, they're putting up the numbers that they need to put up. Mm-hmm. But when I look at Ohio State, I realized that when uh, because my wife still works on, on Ohio State campus right now or near nearby campus. So so <laughs> whenever whenever they have home games, she always talks about, oh, they got a home game. So it's, you know, hectic traffic for her. And, you know, whenever she works on a Saturday, you know, and so I, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, she's she's had quite a few of these where she's like trying to work around the the game days and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I had to look it up. And Ohio State has only played one game away this year. So with all really? the games, every game was at home, and even their cupcake games. You know, you got uh, they've had Toledo and Arkansas State uh, come come at home, uh, and I'm just looking at that and I'm thinking that's not that strong. Whenever you you look at you know, yeah, they're putting up these numbers, but they're not putting themselves in any adversity. And now they're having I- Iowa, which could be kind of an adversity point, kind of a, a trap game for them to look at, <laughs> but they've got them at home. Uh, usually for Iowa to be a trap game, it's going to be at Iowa. Uh, I don't Absolutely. know. I just I just look at Ohio State and they're not as impressive after me realizing that man, they they haven't played on the road at all this year, uh, and that makes that Penn State game coming up. That's going to be at Penn State. That makes that a little bit more interesting when I look forward. But just looking at this game, I I see Iowa uh, coming in there. OSU is a thirty point favorite right now. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that just because of Iowa's defense. How about you, Blake? Josh, if Iowa had any type of offense and they weren't stuck back in the early 2000s, I mean, they might might hang around, but Kurt Ferentz just doesn't want to adapt to new age college football, and they – just don't have it on offense, man. They they're not going to be able to keep up. Ohio State, their defense might create a turnover. They might force CJ Stroud into a into an early mistake, and they might hang around for a quarter or two. But 
I just think Ohio State has – they have too many weapons, man. Look, <laughs> this offense is unreal, okay, and they got a two-headed monster in the backfield. Their quarterback is one, two, three, you know, top three, top five in the country. I just don't see any way for Iowa to keep up. I, I just – I mean, they would have to create turnover after turnover after turnover, and they would have to have the – offensive game of their life josh and yeah. i just i can't see it man and and after last year i kind of had some high hopes for iowa this year i thought maybe that you know they would adapt and kind of run run a different you know a different scheme or something out there and and a new offense or something you know but it just hasn't happened man and they just can't get out of old school football and until that happens I'm not with the Hawkeyes, man. So give me Ohio State big, uh, big, big. I like uh, at home, I mean, 42 to 7, 45 to 7, something like that, man. So you're liking that, that 30 point spread then? I am. I am. I really am. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I, I'm not sure about 30 points against that tough of a defense. But, but here's the thing, though. As strong as Iowa's defense has been, so Iowa's defense has only let let up 264 yards a game. That's pretty pretty damn good for a, mm-hmm. for a defense. That's hard to keep a team, especially in today's college football, the way that it's really seemed to shift over to an offensive game. Uh, and, and really just really just football in general. I think just the rules even shift over to the offense a lot. Uh, they they favor the offense. So the the way that they've only allowed less than 300 yards is really good for a defense. But you look on the other side for Ohio State, and again, I know Ohio State hasn't played that tough of a schedule, but Ohio State has only allowed 253 yards a game. So, I mean, their defense is stout too, and under Jim Knowles, I think mm-hmm. that's that's been the big difference. We've been questioning, is Ohio State going to come in here this year and show that they've got a defense that can stand their ground? And against Iowa's offense, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. So the fact that, that Ohio State has that strong of a defense going against uh, a a an, an Iowa offense who their quarterback only has two passing touchdowns uh, through six games. Uh, I mean that's that's just pathetic. Uh, but on the other side of of Ohio State's team with their offense, they're putting up o- over 540 yards a game. Oh. Uh, they're they're scoring a lot of points. They're scoring over 48 points a game. So mm-hmm. I mean it's just, I mean it, it is ugly. I mean when I look at it, I'm thinking more like maybe 48, 14 somewhere in that that range. I'm not. I'm not I'm not super high on them uh scoring a lot against this Iowa defense but at the same time I just look at it and and the way that that, that Ohio State defense is I think that, that they're going to cr- create a lot of turnovers uh and possibly even some that that their defense could possibly even uh score a little bit for Ohio State too but well Josh you know has has Iowa played a team that has I don't want to say the 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 same amount of talent as Ohio State because I believe Michigan played Iowa yeah. uh, earlier in the year. So I can't say that, but what I can say is have they played a quarterback of the caliber of C.J. Stroud with the weapons on the outside? I just don't think that they have faced that yet, and I'm just not sure that they can keep up, man. Like this is this is a different animal, Josh. Like this is it's just um, too much firepower, man. Too much firepower. Yeah. Ohio State, 
they're a well-oiled machine, and I think they're just rolling right now. And I think that that matchup with Michigan and Ohio State, I think that's going to be the one. The game will decide the Big Ten. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing with Ohio State is whenever we came in, we said, yeah, their offense is going to be good. They still have mm-hmm. trading on Henderson. Now he's banged up. Well, what's going to happen there? Well, then Mayan Williams comes in, and he's just he's mm-hmm. just as good. Uh, and so then, you know, now you still don't have a whole lot of Travion Henderson, but he's he's banged up. But you mm-hmm. still have Mayan Williams picking up that load just fine. And then we also looked out at the receiving core. We said, well, Chris Olave isn't there anymore. What are we going to look at for Ohio State in the receiving core? And that's a stupid question to ask for anyone. <laughs> when have you ever known Ohio State not to have receivers? Uh, but, you know, you see Smith and Jigba, we, we expected him to step up. And he did against uh, Notre Dame. That was the guy. And it was very clear. OK, this is the guy we got to go to. He goes down with an injury. Now, where do we look? And all of a sudden, uh, you've got Egbuka step up. And it was like, wow, where'd this kid come from? Egbuka kind of got a little banged up. And it's like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And, and, and Jigba, Smith and Jigba is not going to come back in yet. And you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. It's just too stacked on the outside. Uh, and, and against a defense that is very tough. But I don't know if they're fast enough to be able to stick up, stick up with this Ohio State offense, mm-hmm. too. But Again, I think just the, the the one thing that sticks out with me, I think even with Ohio State doing what they should do against Iowa, it's still just very shocking to me that they've only had one road game all season, man. That's just that, that's insane. It is wild. It's wild. And uh, it kind of seems like their schedule kind of stacked up like Auburn's did where we played our first five at home, and now we're starting to have to hit the road a little more often. And uh, we had to hit the road back back-to-back weeks uh, with top 10 opponents. So uh, a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't like that for any team, you know, I don't yeah. like them having to, to be in that situation. Uh, but let's Absolutely. go ahead and, and uh, jump on to the next one we've got here. We've got number 14 Syracuse. Yes, this is college mm. football still number 14 Syracuse at number five Clemson. We expect Clemson to be up there in the top five. Uh, maybe not this season. I think they've surprised some of us a little more. Clemson's kind of, done a little bit better than we expected. And a lot of that comes from DJU stepping up and playing the way that we expected DJU to, to play when he first came at, you know, came to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Syracuse, I mean, Blake, did you see Syracuse ever making it into the top 25, let alone in the top 15 this year? No, um, no, I did I not. You, I got I, if you said yes. I, I can't, I can't, I can't sit here and lie, man. I like to keep it real. Syracuse magical story, man. I, you know, you, you you sit here and you listen to these college football experts, and they keep picking against them and picking against them, and they keep winning and winning and winning. I, I I'm I'm speechless, Josh, because what's going on is it's it's like a magic carpet ride, man. It's a fairy tale, and they actually have a damn good football team. And they're they're a damn good football program, yeah. and there's something to work with. And like we talked about last week, the state of New York and in, in the football right now. I mean, it's 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 electric. It's popping. Yeah. The Giants, the Jets, Syracuse. We we talked about it, man. I mean, they're yeah. and it, it just keeps on going up there too because. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about Syracuse last week. And then, of course, last week, we also talked about just the state of New York, like what's yeah. going on. And all of a sudden now it's it's not it's not a baseball baseball uh, you know, state the way that the way that it has been compared mm-hmm. to the way that the football programs are really showing up there, you know, or even basketball. Everyone I think they really recognize New York. New York is basketball state, you know, especially mm-hmm. New York City. 
that's where basketball is is made. But Syracuse looks like you said they look good. They are not just a, a good team uh, on one side of the ball either. It's it's they're 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 good on offense. They're not great. They they can't really put up you know any kind of gaudy numbers, but they're they're solid. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. not really a, a huge weak point for their offense. It's not like they've they've got all of these turnovers and that they're they just can't score any 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 touchdowns. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it's not like uh, Iowa's offense. Uh, you know, Syracuse has an offense. They're able to move the ball, mm-hmm. but their defense, of course, I think their defense is is definitely where it stands up again when you can. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hold less than 300 yards a game. I think your defense is doing pretty well. On Syracuse is doing that with only 268 a game. Uh, and... We talked about them last week. We said NC State is going to be tough for them. Uh, even even with Devin Leary out, I think it's still going to be tough. And we both kind of talked about that, and we we, we picked them uh, you know, to, to win last week. But we were both even talking about how it's probably going to be a pretty close game. But I don't know that you really call 24-9 very close. The fact that they were just able to manhandle NC State kind of opens our eyes to, to Syracuse a little bit more, Blake, because I, I think coming into to this game against Clemson, I think – they're they're fourteen point underdogs, but I think Syracuse actually stands a chance, man. Tough one here. <laughs> this this one right here is tough because I think there there is a way for Syracuse to possibly win this football game. I don't think it happens, but. Syracuse is going to have to – they're going to have to cause DJU to throw a couple, okay? They're, they're going to have to force him to throw a couple. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to play field position game, all right? So they, they're going to have to get some short fields. Uh, you know, hey, like I said, get him to throw you a couple. Maybe you start on Clemson's 40, all right? And you have a short field. You get a quick score. You know, um, and 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 you kind of get some momo there, and so I think Clemson is going to have to play their their you know D or or F game right here, and Syracuse play their A plus game because I think this DJU fella, I think he's figured it out, Josh. And yeah, like- I, I was one of the guys, I was one of the guys before the season started that was hollering Cade Clubnick. And obviously, Dabo Swinney knows more about football than I do because he saw DJU and he said, hey, this guy's got it figured out. He went through a, a ton of stuff last year, had a had a broken finger last year that a lot of people really didn't know about. Um, he, he, he lost some weight in the offseason. They said he trained harder. He, he watched film better. Like, he just really – had a complete 180 from last year and he's freed up more now. He's freed up more now. Uh, there's, there's not all the pressure on his back anymore. It's coming in with the, the five-star rating. And we all saw the game against Notre Dame. And I think he's just, he's just going with the flow now, man. He, he's, he's rolling with the offense and 
can Syracuse score on this Clemson defense, Josh? That's my big thing is, is you know, I just – I don't see Syracuse driving the length of the field going 80 yards, you know, 90 yards if they get pinned at the 10 or – I just I can't see them taking long drives against this Clemson defense, and I just think it's it's a bad matchup for Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, and uh, when you when you look at Clemson's defense too, they've been kind of a bend don't bend but don't break defense mm-hmm. all season, where they're they're very good at it too, and it's it's mm-hmm. not a bend bend but don't break in the sense that you know you're you're having to hold on from letting the other team score 40 points or anything. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's not like that. It's, it's more or less, let's, let's bend a little bit, but not allow, you know, maybe 20 or 30 points. Uh, and they've mm-hmm. done a very good job at that. And it's, it's always going to be that way uh, there at Clemson. Whereas I, before I thought it was all because of Brent Venables. Um, but, and, and I'm sure it's probably a little bit of, you know, what he built up there at Clemson. He's been there for several oh, yeah. years. Um, but it's it's also a little bit of Dabo Sweeney, I think, uh, and and I think he's got a big part of that uh, as well. And so just seeing Clemson's defense, the thing with their defense is that there's not been a specific area on their defense that I can see that's just been like the weak side of their defense, mm-hmm. where you know you can you can look at uh, teams like uh, Tennessee and say, well, if you can pass it on them, you'll be fine, or uh, you know things like that. But uh, it's it's really just looking at their defense. There isn't really a specific area where you can you can really attack uh, and and find a gap, uh, and and that's just a hard thing against Clemson. So I I definitely like Clemson to win this game. I don't think they're going to go down to Syracuse. Uh, like you said, I I, I think I, I like Clemson's defense to win it. Not that I don't think Syracuse can put up a little bit of points. I just don't see them being able to score maybe over twenty uh, against yeah. Clemson because uh, it's it's going to be much tougher than an NC State defense. And Josh, if you do get the DJU from last year, though, watch out. Yeah. Right? If you do get the DJU from last year, watch out. I'm not writing Syracuse off here. I just think this Clemson team is a little bit more talented, and it's the Jimmys and Joes effect here, where uh, usually the the superior team with more athletes uh, is going to come out on top. And as long as you don't get the DJU from last year. I like Clemson here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the thing. I think you touched on it. Uh, as long as DJU doesn't throw uh, all kinds of interceptions or anything, as long mm-hmm. as he's just safe and, and just plays the way he's been playing the last three weeks, I think he can really come out and, and show up. Uh, this could be a big game for him too. But uh, I, I think absolutely. you're right. I think I would lean towards Syracuse if Syracuse's defense can get turnovers. I think if they mm-hmm. can win the turnover battle, I think I th- I definitely think Syracuse wins this game with winning the turnover battle. Um, but without that, and with the way the DJU has been playing, uh, I think that 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 offense is going to be able to attack Syracuse's defense a little bit more, rack up a little more yards than what they're used to, mm-hmm. uh, and be able to score against them a little bit more than they're used to being scored against. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at th- this. I think it could easily be maybe a, maybe a 28-20 uh, kind of game, somewhere in that, that range for, for Clemson. I don't see them really blowing them out. Um, but but I do see him kind of scoring and, and, and winning a pretty comfortable game, you know, between eight to ten points somewhere in there. Yeah, I was thinking like 31-17, 31-20, something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not too far off from what I'm thinking yeah. too because uh, I just, again, looking at it, I think the stronger defenses, and that's probably going to be the the, uh, the the theme for, for today's matchups is just whose defense is going to be the last stand. Because uh, as, as we go forward into the next matchup we've got, we've got number nine UCLA, I guess number number ten Oregon, a top ten matchup in the Pac twelve. You don't get that a whole lot 
And, and I like this matchup a lot because we've got Oregon. We don't expect Oregon to make it into the playoffs. Uh, at least I don't see that happening because of week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see what they did against Georgia, and I just don't think, even if they were to win out, Blake, do you think that Oregon even has any shot of making it into that, that top four spot? I do, Josh. Okay. I do. And here's here's my reasoning. Bo Nix, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> um, I like Dan Lanning, and I like Bo Nix, and I like this Oregon offense, this Oregon defense. Look, week one, Josh, here's my argument, man. Week one, you had to fly across the country from Oregon to Atlanta. You had to play Georgia in their backyard. They call it a neutral site game. It wasn't a neutral site game. We all know that. We're so far away from week one now, you can't tell me this Oregon football team is the same team that played week one. Now, would Georgia still beat them? Probably so. But this isn't the same football team. And for me to hold that week one loss against Oregon, even though it was that bad, when I have watched an Alabama team lose their final regular season game in 2017 and still get a chance to go to the college football playoff. Now, granted, they did win the college football playoff that year. Okay, but they still lost their last regular season game. And they still got the opportunity to go to the college football playoff. Now, I know resumes are different and everybody in Alabama fans are going to be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, we played in the SEC. But my point is, it's like it it was week one. All right. It was week one. And I'm not going to hold that against Oregon because in the BCS era, we were always told, it's better to lose early instead of losing late. Yeah, we, and we so, saw that with Ohio State back in what was that, 2014? Yeah, you know, you, know, you, you lose against you, Virginia Tech and, and a big loss too, uh, and, and an early loss. Uh, and not only that, but also going through all of the quarterbacks the way that they did with the injury yeah. prone, uh, you know, or the injury bug kind of jumping on on their quarterbacks too. But yeah, absolutely. Th- that's my thing, man. Is like you know, I know they got blown out. What forty nine to three or whatever it was? Hey, I get it. You know your argument's going to be like, oh, well, they play in the Pac twelve, and I have those same thoughts, Josh, about the Pac twelve. I'm not a fan of it. I I just I, I watch it late on Saturday nights. I stay up and and I enjoy watching Pac twelve after dark. But as far as saying that it's an elite college football conference, it's not. Uh, it's basically flag football, in my opinion. There's no defense whatsoever out there. But for me to hold that week one loss against Oregon, if they come out and they run this table in the Pac-12 and they go to the Pac-12 championship game and they win and they're sitting there at 12-1, and one, I mean, how do, you, how do you keep them out of it unless something like, you know, Ohio State and Michigan play – they're undefeated and, you know, just say Ohio State beats Michigan, they go on and win the Big Ten, and then you got a one-loss Michigan team there. They put both of those cats in there, and then the 
just whatever is going on in the SEC right now, I mean, that's 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 got to work itself out. And then you have Clemson over here in the ACC. I just think with Alabama losing to Tennessee, that was big for Oregon. I think Tennessee having to go to Georgia is big for Oregon because uh, both of those teams are undefeated right now. Uh, one of them is going to have to walk out of there with a loss. Yeah. And then – if Alabama makes it back to Atlanta and whoever wins out of Georgia and Tennessee, they get there. You're going to need Alabama to lose. And, you know, I think that helps Oregon's case from, you know, maybe hopefully uh, two SEC teams don't get in. Would they, would they put in a one loss Georgia team uh, over an one loss Oregon team? Probably so with the 49 to three victory, but, uh, you need a couple more losses to to add up for Oregon uh, to make this playoff push. But I do think there's still a long shot. I do think there's yeah. still a chance. Uh, but but like I said, you need all of this stuff in the SEC to work itself out, and you need some people to start losing some games. But as far as just holding it against them, uh, week one, like you said with Ohio State, man, we've witnessed it before, and teams – you know, progressively get better as the season goes on. And you also have to think too, Josh, about injuries, man. You know, the later down the road, you know, Georgia might not be the same football team and they're not right now because they, they've been hit with the injury bug and week one, they were fresh. And now they're not so fresh. They have receivers that have, that are down. They got guys on defense that haven't been playing week to week. So it's, it's two different teams right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. I just look at the way that the committee uh, mm. sees things. You know, I'm just not sure if the committee is going to be on board with it. Uh, it mainly just because not only that, but then you also look at the rest of our schedule in the Pac-12. If they win out, uh, you know, is that is that schedule strong enough for the committee to? But I totally agree with you. I think uh, I think with the way that they've progressed and you brought up Bo Nix too. Bo Nix started off two interceptions in that Georgia game. We were like, yep, there he goes again. But he's only thrown one in the last five games since then. So, I mean, yeah. I just I look at the way he's been playing. He's been playing very good, uh, very good in, in a very good uh, scheme and a very good uh, football program up there in Oregon. But I think it all does come down to this week. Of course, if they lose to UCLA, uh, yeah. I think I think UCLA. I, I like UCLA a lot, uh, and yeah, I know you and I both listen to Crane and Company a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. What what Jake brings up with them, kind of comparing them to 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 Utah. I think that's a really good comparison that I wouldn't have thought of, uh, just because. You, you look at the way that they are. Utah in the last few years has been that more aggressive team, and that's exactly what you see from UCLA. They're able to be aggressive. Again, what we keep on seeing from UCLA, and we brought this up in the past, is can they just finish out the fourth quarter as strong as they did the first three quarters? Um, just because we haven't seen that a whole lot from them. Uh, we keep on seeing them kind of sputter out in the fourth quarter. Can you get your guys to keep that momentum on their side and finish out the game completely through because I think that's what is going to be the most uh, effective for them to keep keep on winning. Uh, but especially against this Oregon team who's known for for sticking in there all four quarters. Uh, they've been good on offense really ever since week one. Uh, their, mm-hmm. their running defense is w- really the best, probably the best in, in the, the Pac-12 right now. Uh, and so I, I look at Oregon. I think if Oregon can stop the run and, and Oregon can keep UCLA from uh, having DTR kind of run on them, and as well as you know, they've got uh, their their uh, Charbonnet. Uh, you know, they've got him in the backfield as well. If they can stop that 
and force UCLA to only go through the air more, uh, I think that Oregon can win this this ball game just because without UCLA being able to keep that that balance on offense, I don't see them being able to to really go through and be able to to complete a full four quarters not being able to run the ball. Uh, so I think that's the main thing for Oregon. But I guess it's just the Cinderella story that I like from UCLA. I still I still want to pick UCLA uh, to win this game, even though they are uh, a six and a half point underdog in this game, which is kind of shocking to me that that big. I think this should be closer than that, but just just from the odds of it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I like to like UCLA in a very close one. I'm going to pick them maybe maybe by four points. I'm thinking maybe somewhere in the 28, 24 points, somewhere in that uh, that that uh, range for UCLA to win this game. So, Josh, man, at Autzen Stadium, uh, UCLA on the road at the Ducks, man. I like the home team. I like Oregon. A lot of people are going to say, oh, you, you know, you're Bo Nix, Homer, or whatever. Uh, I want to see my guy Bo Nix do well, man. I, I want to see my guy Bo Nix do well. I want to see him go out there. Look, we parted ways, you know, and it, and it got kind of messy, but – uh, watching the dude succeed and, you know, him having the right offense around him and being in in, in the right uh, – with the right OC and them spreading it out and, and just putting him in the right situations, man. That's that's all he ever needed, Josh. That's, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's all he ever needed. And now he's showing you uh, what he can do with his legs and his arm and – he is sorry, I got he's, a call there. No, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, and he's succeeding, man. And I think, like, like you said, with, with if Oregon can stop the run game and they can keep DTR uh, from, from using his legs and breaking the long runs and uh, putting you on a poster and, and making you look foolish down at the goal line, like he did the cat from Washington, you know. I think Oregon's got a shot, and I like this game with them at home. I like Bo Nix slinging it around the yard, and uh, give me Oregon, man. And Josh, one thing I'm gonna say, I'll, I'll pick a final score. I think I, give me give me Oregon forty-one to thirty-eight uh, in a in a just a just old classic Pac-12 uh, run it and gun it uh, up and down the field, back and forth, man. But one thing I wanted to say to Oregon fans about the playoff thing, Josh, is if if you're watching – if you're out in Oregon, you need to pay attention to the Southeastern Conference because right now you're an LSU fan, okay? This Saturday, Ole Miss at LSU, you're an LSU fan because Ole Miss is undefeated, all right? You need Alabama to lose another game, maybe at Ole Miss, all right? You need somebody like a Kentucky – you need to become a Kentucky fan uh, because Georgia, I believe, they travel to Kentucky here uh, shortly. And you need some losses to start racking up in the Southeastern Conference for Oregon to have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. But you got to beat UCLA first. So yeah. you beat UCLA, pay attention to those teams, start rooting for a couple of losses in the Southeastern Conference, and the door could open up for you to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and I, I think it's it's got to come through UCLA, and and for Oregon, mm-hmm. I I don't see them being good enough in the top four right now to be able to maybe rebeat Georgia or anything. But I, like you said, I agree with you. I think I think they they deserve a shot in there uh, if if they are mm-hmm. able to run the table, just from what they've been able to do in the last last part of the season, not holding Week One against them. 
Um, but then on, on, on the other hand, if UCLA wins this, especially if UCLA wins out, I just don't see how you don't include them in uh, with the rest of with the rest of these big dogs. Um, Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and jump on. Uh, try to try to wrap it all up with Kansas State going to TCU. The thing that stands out to me in this game is not just the fact that Kansas State is doing so well. Uh, not just the fact that TCU is undefeated this far into the season, <laughs> the fact that Kansas State has to go to TCU, and we've seen this this story written quite a few times when we when we see TCU and the way that they've played at home, starting off with that Oklahoma game, just because I think that was the big one that everyone was like, wow, okay, maybe TCU is for real right now because they just now thumped Oklahoma, made made Oklahoma just give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, I mean, you look at the way that they did that, and they scored, you know, and they, they scored a lot. And so uh, for Oklahoma coming in there, they, they did an amazing job uh, 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 there. And then, you know, they, they brought Oklahoma State in and they were able to just kind of the way that they they won the Oklahoma State game. Uh, you know, they, they were able to come back and, and push it into two overtimes. Oklahoma State kind of gave gave that game up uh, and, and just just seeing the way that they that they did that, uh, the way that TCU was able to keep on fighting in their home stadium. I just I like TCU a lot to keep keep that that undefeated record going, uh, just because I think Kansas State they're they're known other than that, that Oklahoma game really they're they're known more for for just kind of ground and pound waste the clock and and get out the door with you know with a win if we can if we can pull that off and uh, mm-hmm. Kansas State five and one right now they're not going away without a fight here at TCU but just being at TCU and the way that TCU has been been going Blake uh, I mean it's just it's 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 looking like it could be another win uh, on the win record for TCU right now. Josh, TCU's got to stop Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez. Agreed. That that was the Oklahoma, you know, that they couldn't stop Adrian Martinez. And uh, you, you got to stop those two cats. If you can stop those two cats, you're going to win the football game. Simple and plain. You make, the, make them your biggest focus. And, and uh, if you can stop them, you're going to win because TCU's offense – uh, the the Duggins kid, man, he's special. He's special. Yeah. Uh, that Oklahoma State game just lights out, man, to, to come from behind like that. And I think this TCU team is really starting now to believe that they can run the table and they could make a statement. And they – now you're looking at are they in the college football playoff talk, all right, because a lot of people – they throw shade on the Big 12, all right? And and I've heard uh, down here in, in uh, radio talk that if a TCU runs the table and wins the Big 12 championship, does a one-loss Alabama or a one-loss Georgia get in over them? And I'm like, absolutely not, yeah, you know? I, no, you know, I mean, uh, the dudes, you know, you win your conference. You're, you're undefeated and you win your conference, especially a conference like the Big 12 this year that is uh, top to bottom pretty damn deep, Josh. It so, is. you know, I, a lot's on the line for TCU here, but I yeah. like TCU playmakers, uh, the receiver, man. What's the receiver's name? It's slipping my mind uh, right now. Quentin Johnston. Stud. Yes. Stud. Yeah. He's, I, he's stud. the main guy anyways. I'm sure that's who you're thinking of. <laughs> yes. Quentin um, Johnston and then uh, – They've got one main uh, Kendra Miller. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Um, but they've got one main running back that really sticks out. Yeah, Kendra Kendra Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew he had kind of a different first name. So Kendra Miller, he's their main stud running back. But mm-hmm. when you look at the other two running backs that are behind him that step in and they they really split 
the backfield quite a bit between the three. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stop that that the running back core with that TCU offensive line. That TCU offensive line is big and strong. Uh, and and I didn't realize that until after the Oklahoma game. Uh, and then also going against Oklahoma State, the way that they, they played against Oklahoma State. And then you brought up Duggan, too. Uh, just watching Duggan run all over the field the way that he can. Yeah. It, it's He's he's an, an electric player, and I really didn't believe in him being able to throw the ball and, and be able to do much. But right now, he's got 16 touchdowns and only one interception on the season. Uh, whereas, you know, you, you look over at Adrian Martinez. On the other side, you also brought, brought up Adrian Martinez. I think that is the key. I think not even necessarily Deuce Vaughn. I, I think he is a threat that you need to, to kind of keep stagnant. But I think you need to stop Adrian Martinez. If you don't stop him, I yeah. think that's the center point of that offense. Because Adrian Martinez, he can he can not only just run the ball the way that we understand, you know, like we, we see him run the way that he ran against Oklahoma. The first mm-hmm. few games leading into that Oklahoma uh, game, he was very conservative with the ball, didn't want to throw the ball, uh, kept it tucked into his body, only ran the ball. We didn't see them score hardly anything at all. Mm-hmm. And he the, the whole offense just seemed really kind of trashy uh they just they didn't look as good as we kind of hoped that this dual threat could be in the back backfield but martinez coming from nebraska i don't remember how many interceptions he had but i felt like it was every other play was an interception or a fumble this dude has not turned the ball over at all this year he, he has yeah. four four passing touchdowns so not not like he's throwing the ball a lot um i mean he's still got 138 attempts on the year so it's not like he's not throwing the ball a decent amount but he's only got four touchdowns but no interceptions on the year. And like I said, he's just not turning it over with the way that he's running, the way, the way that he's also a dual threat now to where he can pass it down the field. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I just now looked at this. The over-under is only 40, 54 and a half. Uh, I, I wow. definitely see it much higher than that. Uh, so if, if that's still the case, if that's the way it is on DraftKings, I may be putting in a bet over, over here tonight. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I just I, I see TCU pulling this out in a very close one just because it's a home game, but it is going to be tough to stop Adrian Martinez the way that he's been playing today. Yeah, Josh. Game. Yeah, Josh. I'll give you a uh, a quick score prediction before I got to run, man. I uh, got to go check out this high school football uh, high school football game between number one and number two in the state of Alabama in Class Six A, man, uh, right across the street from the house. Uh, my brother just texted me and he said it is absolutely jam packed. And uh, so I, I like TCU in this game, Josh. Uh, at home, if this was at Kansas State, I would probably go the other way. Definitely. Um, I like TCU in a close one, in a close one because of Kansas State's defense. I do think they're going to cause some problems for TCU, but I think TCU gets it figured out. And I like TCU 35. To thirty-four over Kansas State. All right, so you're 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 securing my man, really close one too. But you're securing yeah. my you're securing my over uh, you know, feelings <laughs> about this game too. I just I mean I haven't seen enough on these defenses. I think TCU's got a good defense. Mm-hmm. Just the way that Oklahoma State slashed them last week, I think that uh, the way that Kansas State is built right now, I think they can put up some points. Yeah. Um, but Blake, man, uh, of, co- of course, always thanks for hopping on. I guess now you're part of the team, so so now you got to. But. Uh, and, <laughs> Go and go enjoy yourself some good, I guess, high school football before getting yeah. into college game day uh, tomorrow. I guess uh, today from when this is when this is airing. But uh, you go enjoy, man. Have a good one.
Josh, appreciate it, man. Uh, I, I thank you for having me on here and, and letting me be a part of this. It's special, man. Uh, you and your brother, you do a great job, and, and I really enjoy it, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're, we, I, of course, as the official announcement, welcome to the team, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, Josh, man. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. All right, man. All right, for everybody else who is watching or listening, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. We thank you so much for all of your support uh, and for watching up to this point. But make sure to subscribe and also hit the notification bell on YouTube so that you're notified whenever we have any updates. Sometimes we like to go live to surprise you. You know, how are you going to know that if you don't hit that notification bell? Uh, but also, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go go give us a five star rating. That's going to help us out tremendously, uh, more than you know it. Uh, so go over there, hit, hit, you know, of course, subscribe on, on YouTube, also subscribe or follow whatever it's called on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that, and give us a five-star rating. It's going to help us so much. We thank you all so much uh, for, for everything, for all of your support. Till next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.